Welcome to Annasbrook Church. We hope this message from our lead pastor, Graham Hislop, empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit our website at annasbrook.co.nz for a service near you. Well, I want to share today, um, those of you who were here last week and we and Brent opened up a cell phone number to text some words. Okay, we're not going to do that this Sunday, but we are going to do it again. But I want, while I'm speaking, what I want those of you who knew what happened last week to do is I want you to do the same thing, but I want you to maybe on your phones, your notepad or whatever, just write it down like you're going to text it. And right at the end of the service, I'm going to explain what we're going to do with it, okay? Um, So I want everyone to be open to that. I want to share today a brief manifesto on how God works. How God works. There's going to be a point or points in your life, if you want to follow Jesus and be His disciple, where you're going to need Him. Three amens. Okay, that's cool. So for everyone else who's lived normal life, there is going to be a point. There should be a point. God's awesome. God is awesome. And even today, um, maybe you're here today and you need something from Jesus. So this is a brief manifesto on how God works. Um, Because there is a way to which God works and moves. God works in mysterious ways is not in the Bible. I don't know if you knew that. It is not. I've searched it everywhere. He does not work in mysterious ways. God works, but not in mysterious ways. This is one of the things I love actually about being a pastor. One of the things I love about um, the opportunity it affords me to speak with people who don't know Jesus and didn't even ask me to talk to them about Him. It's, um, it's quite an awesome privilege to do that. Um, if they don't want me to carry on, I do stop. It's like on um, whatever day it was, I got a haircut and I was sitting there. I was listening to the barber, she'd be about in her mid-30s, talk about her kids. I asked her, got kids? Yeah, what, what age? Where do they go to school? She was saying things. And I thought, man, this stuff sounds, what she's saying is different. I just, you know, she said, she said, you know, there's no real bad schools in Nelson. It's just really what you make of it. And, and that was the first thing. And then she said about three or four other things. And by the, near the end of the haircut, I just had to stop. I said, hey, do you mind if I ask you a question? She said, yeah. Did you grow up with faith? Like, did you grow up with, with some sort of faith climate or environment? Um, and she goes, her eyes grow big. And she said, yeah, I grew up in a Christian family as a kid but I um, don't fellowship anymore. I said, oh, that explains it. She said, what do you mean? I said, I was trying to work out where you'd picked up all this wisdom from. Because this wisdom's not normal. That explains everything. You grew up in church. By the way, if you have the idea that your kids don't need to be in an environment like this, remember, they'll not only pick up things cognitively, but it's not a word, subcognitively, subconsciously. And that will be in the foundation of them and will maybe shine at some stage. And so I love that. I love talking with people. Earlier this year, I went to preach at a church in Auckland. And while I was there, I stayed with my brother and um, sister-in-law and their kids. I stay at their place in Auckland. And I'd I'd given them a date. And um, before I flew up, he rang me. I was about to catch the flight. And he said, hey, I just got to ask you a question. I was hoping that you'd be willing to have dinner with um, some of my friends tonight. I said, yeah, of course, no worries. He said, the thing is, you're preaching tomorrow, right? It was a Saturday. I said, yeah. He goes, okay, well, you just need to know that these friends, they're a little bit edgy. I said, okay. He goes, yeah, yeah, their language is a little bit fruity. 
And I, I thought, man, to ring me and warn me about this, this must be like, I might need an auto bleeper, you know, like just, just beep, beep, you know, at the table. Um, anyways, we had dinner, beautiful barbecue lamb, actually. It was amazing. They're both in corporate, corporate world in Auckland. Very, very wealthy people, this um, couple. And then the convo came up, oh, what, what did I do? Um, because the, Phil had told them what I did, but what, what does it mean? And to be honest, I hate telling people I'm a pastor because most of them have, you know, Rowan Atkinson's, you know, uh, s- some sort of image of, you know, some movie. So I, I said, look, um, this is what I do. But really, I said, my thing is that I just love Jesus. So we're just eating. And I said, yeah, because of like who he is, what he's done for me, what he did when he came into my life. Like he takes absolute train wrecks, messes, and just without judgment, without anything, just loving them. Like God loves people more than you and I will ever know. You think you, you understand how much he loves people, you don't. The, the only indication you have of how much he loves people is that he was willing in flesh to come and die a brutal death. That's, that's the, and, and even of those who hung him on the tree, what did he say right near the death? Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Oh, I, dis- I disagree. They definitely know what they're doing. They are hammering him to a cross. And they're like, no, he's like, no, I know, they definitely don't. So God is far more loving than we realise. So I'm just talking to them about the Lord and our family and about life and ministry. And it was getting late, so I said, okay, I'm off to bed, Um, excuse myself and headed off. The next day I got back from preaching in the morning to come and get changed to preach for the night services. And Phil, my brother, stops me. I just walked in, he goes, hey, I've got to tell you something. He said, "Um, as our friends were leaving last night after you'd gone to bed, they said, um, that was the mo- they said to Phil, that is the most amazing conversation we have ever been part of. The way your brother talked about God made God sound like a real person. That is both probably the greatest compliment I've ever been given in my life and it is the greatest indictment that you could ever have, society could ever have. See, to me, he, <laughs> I mean, if, if you say objectively, he is real. Like, like I, I mentioned Rowan Atkinson, but culture has been ramming down our, Ned Flanders of The Simpsons has been chipping away at us all for years in the world that somehow God is a left-handed twit that doesn't have the respect of his family, has nerdy and dysfunctional kids, wimpy minds, no one respects him, everyone mocks him and he, even he knows it. And I hate it because it paints a picture of God for people that is not true. God is real, God is awesome, and He does not work in mysterious ways. He doesn't. He has made it explicitly, if we bother to read any of the Bible, the Scriptures, you're going to discover God's ways and how God works. And it's been made really clear for us, okay? And it's basically three basic principles. And if you are taking notes, okay, these are very Important, you'd hit it up, a basic manifesto of how God works. That's how you'd hit it up. And you'd write down these three things because you are gonna need God's help at some point in your life. You are actually gonna need to come before Him. It's inevitable that that is gonna be the case. Number one, God works with and by believing. Real basic, I know, but He's made it very plain and very obvious. That is not a mystery. He connects with anyone doesn't matter about their background, doesn't matter about their past, doesn't matter about anything. He connects with anyone in earshot or any kind of like reach who just believe. That's, that's been proven throughout the Scripture, through the New Testament. There's a powerful story though in the Old Testament in 2 Kings 5 regarding a man named Naaman. Naaman was a heavy hitter, a leading commander, 
in the army of Aram, which is in the Syrian and Turkish area. One day, he develops the life-threatening sickness of leprosy. This disease not only ate people's flesh, but I didn't know this, it actually entered into, after the flesh, into the nervous system, meaning basically you were immobile. Uh, It was so contagious that not only did it destroy people's bodies, but it destroyed relationships, families, everything, because you couldn't be around people. Um, I didn't know this either, but there's 203,000 people still on planet Earth today who have leprosy. I didn't know that either, but it is treatable in the sense, I don't know if it's curable, I don't know about that. But um, this is where Naaman is at, at a time where there is no treatment. Out of nowhere, his wife hires a new servant girl who's come from Israel, from God's nation, right? That's, that's the biblical, I don't want to get into the today stuff around that, I've got a message online, you can watch it. But in 2 Kings 5.3 it says that the servant girl saw the commander Naaman and goes like this, if only my master would go and see a prophet who was in Samaria. You know, faith often looks like one new idea. In the midst of complete stuckness, it's often ears, always ears on the side of hope. Faith in the book of Corinthians, faith, hope and love go together, not faith, dread and skepticism. Meaning, if you have more love, you have more hope, you will end up with more faith. Faith, hope, and love are power triplets. Um, I think, I don't wanna, I know people will hate me for saying this, but I'm just gonna say it. Faith is relentlessly positive. Like, relentlessly positive. There's always a way. Like, I don't know what it is yet, but I just know that fundamentally about who? God. And it really does just start off with a new proposal. A new servant girl gets hired and she goes, he should see the... So who's got the faith? Servant girl. He doesn't even have the faith. But he must have had something because he actually decides to go. Now, just one thought, surely things could be different for me. Just one thought, why can't there be a healing? Is God not a God of healings? He was in the, in, in, in the New Testament, so why can't he be today? Just one, one thought, things can change for us as a family. Just one thought, I reckon our marriage can improve, get better, get awesome. Now, if you're like, why do you bang on about marriage so often? Because when it sucks, everything sucks. So you ought to have a good one rather than a bad one. No? Okay, good one. It's really important to entertain faith as a disciple of Jesus. To believe, to just believe, to believe that, to let faith grow and and flourish, to give it a chance. Bible says that faith is being what? Sure of what you hope for, having things you hope for, and certain of what you do not see. So you can't see it in the natural, but you see it somewhere in your spirit. Hebrews 11.6 says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Flip that around, make it kind of like multilingual in the sense, God loves it and puts a smile on His face when you believe Him. He just thinks, oh, good. But I think even more than that, there's a kingdom principle that as soon as a person starts to change to an attitude of possibility, an attitude of, gosh, he should go see the prophet. Gosh, he should get hands laid on him. Like, I am still shocked. Leading Bible-based churches of, or, or being involved in leadership, how few people call on the elders of the church to anoint them with oil. I am shocked. Elders can't go, I'm gonna anoint you with oil because you must meet, the, you have to meet them at a point of your faith. 
You actually have to, to get a miracle from God, you have to be number one, hungry. So, and I'm not saying how hungry, I'm just saying there's got to be a hunger and there's got to be the potential that this could work, faith. Without that, without that, you're going to find it really, really hard to know how God works. But Graham, I don't have enough faith. Oh, well, you're in luck. You are. Jesus said, even if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to a mountain, get up, go away, and it's going to be done for you. Things could change for you. Things can change for you. You could be blessed. You're already blessed in Christ. You can see doors open up for you. You can be healed. God is for you. Just believe. So if you're going, God works in mysterious ways? Definitely not. God works when a person just entertains a single thought. Things could be different for us. I don't know how. I don't know when. But I'm just going to believe. And you can see how much the world has tried to take this principle from people by how quiet it gets when you say that. Because everyone's like, nah, can't. Sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes it whatever's. Okay, let's work out how else God works. The second way God works is what? By His Word. It's not a mystery. If you miss this, do not miss anything else but this, okay? God works by His Word. Naaman went to the master and said what the girl from Israel had said. The master, the king, says, by all means, you can have the time off go. I'll even send a letter to the king of Israel. So Naaman left, taking with him 10 talents of silver, six, I don't know what a shekel is, but 6,000 shekels, it's a bit of gold, um, 10 sets of clothing in a caravan, a, a, a whole group of people, horses and everything, he's a big deal. And with the letter, he's going to go to the prophet to be cured of his leprosy. Taking a lot of stuff. That's interesting. Because a lot of people believe that you've got to buy it, you've got to earn it, or you've got to appear religious. You've got to look like you're a religious person. You've got to appear like, oh, I'm a holy person. So all of these things we do as well when trying to work out how to go to God. But as we're about to find out, when he arrives, verse 9, Naaman went with the horses and chariots and stopped at Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger. Get this. This very important person with all of this important stuff doesn't even get a conversation with the prophet. He sends a messenger. <laughs> and the messenger says to Elisha, go wa- um, to Naaman, excuse me, go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan and your flesh is going to be restored and you're going to be cleansed. Elisha doesn't even tell the man directly. He just sends what? A message. He just sends a word. Isaiah 55 said that God's word never returns void. Proverbs, um, excuse, Psalms 138 says, God holds his word even above his name. We've been worshiping the name of Jesus, but God holds his word. He's made a covenant He's made a contract. You have contract and covenant rights with God because of His Word. They are good enough to go to the bank. Do you get that? That's the premise of your faith. That's why you don't quite stay in it long enough because you didn't know that He would never betray Himself or lie. Is God a man that He should lie? No. What He says, He will back up on and He will follow through. Psalm 107 says that God sends His Word to heal us, Old Testament. Matthew 8, 
Jesus, a Roman centurion with a dying assistant, said to Jesus, just send your word and my servant will be, even as I'm preaching right now, people have the opportunity to be touched, to be delivered, to be healed, to be favoured. Simply why? Because I'm preaching the word. I'm bringing the word. But if your spirit's open enough, you can receive that word into your life and it will go to, God does not work by mysterious ways. He works by this word and by your faith in that word. So this is very, very important. Jesus said, go then, let it be done as you believed. And his servant was healed at that very moment. This is very important. This will actually take the mystery out of your Christian experience. Not the mystery concerning the nature of God. Now there is mystery around him and you don't want to mess with it. You never want to build a box for God, put him in it, shut the lid on it and say, that's God and that's all I've ever known. That is dumb, dumb stuff. That's the Greek. (laughs) God is big. God is huge. God, no person can wrap their minds, their hearts, nothing around God, but his ways are very clear. Base your life on the Word of God then. Get the, this is why you've got to get the Word of God in your life. And my feeling on it is this, is that a lot of believers, when they are in times of trouble or need, it's too late. They're trying to gather their resources. They're trying to work it out. I'm trying to equip you today so that you don't need to do that. It's okay to, you know, fluking an answer from God, you'll get a couple of those through your journey. It's just like, whoa, something just happened. And I'm not exactly sure why that happened. And I just put it to the great graciousness and benevolence of God. But if you plan to be used by God, on more than a fluke by fluke basis. You need to know that he moves by his word. So he sent his word. Second Peter 1, 3 to 4. God's divine power has given you and me as believers in Christ everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Jesus, who's called us by his own glory. In other words, not our goodness, his. Through these things, he has given us great and precious promises. You have great and pre- they're promises, they're not suggestions. They're not teasings. They're not Him just annoying you. They are great and they are precious and they are bang on promises. You can take God at His Word. He works by His Word. So every day, oh, and look at this, that through these great and precious promises, you may participate in the divine nature. So that's that power to be able to step out of the natural realm and into what? Supernatural realm. You have that. You have that. By what? Your, your good doing? Your good deeding? Your, your good do-dos? No. By His Word. His Word gives us access. So that's the second way. The first way, what? Is by believing. Just being a believing person. Doesn't matter how big your believing is or not. Doesn't matter how big your faith is or not. It's just having it. Can just pop up in an idea. Second way is by His Word. He sends His Word. He sent His Word to Naaman. Here's the third part. Really important. This clock is now counting up. So it started counting down. So do I have, do I have eight minutes, nine minutes? Shandarabakundraba. Third way God works, third way God works is this. By, don't miss this, activation. I'd put it in some other way, ways. Obeying. Another way you could put it is actually doing it. So faith requires activation. 
You can't be like, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. I'm believing you, God. I'm believing for the turnaround. I'm believing. Like a person who's like, I'm believing God for a really amazing job. But all they do is sit at home on their blessed assurance, on their blessed Facebook. No, you get yourself shaved. It's to all the guys. For me, when I was young, I could just do it with a flannel. Still can, really. You get yourself looking presentable. You get a CV together. Because what? You believe in God. And then you start knocking on doors. And here's a little secret. What if you offered to someone to work for them for 30 days for free, just to say, I wanna, I wanna get some experience. I wanna try something new. And then you add so much value to that person. There's so much favour on you because you've got faith, because God's at work in your life, His words at work in your life, that at the end of the 30 days, they're like, we can't afford to not do without you. But no, we only have faith and we never get changed. We only have faith, we never knock on a door. We are, you're like, I can't give 30 days of my time. You already are. Again, dum-dum. It's the Greek term. <laughs> you, you know, activation. Naaman hates everything about what Elisha's done. You ready for this? He hates that he didn't get to talk to him in person. Verse 11, he went away angry and he said, I thought that he would come out to me. He would stand and he'd call on the name of his Lord. He'd wave his hands over him. Abracadabra. And he'd spot, because he's, he's not from Israel. He would spot and cure me of over the spot and cure him of, of my leprosy. And he goes on to say, are not the Abana and Farpra rivers of Damascus even better than the waters of Israel? So he's arguing on everything in God's Word. And don't be surprised in your life if you read God's Word and it creates an argument. Don't be surprised if you read God's Word and it offends you. Oh, nothing could offend me. Okay, start with this one. Forgive your enemies. Well, what about forgive your in-laws? <laughs> or what about, hey, your neighbour really slacked you off, so why don't you go over with a baked dish? Don't put any arsenic in it. Baked meal. Go over and just say, and just say hey, we should, we should repair a bridge. You know, he, Naaman then turns away and, he, and he's angry. Why did Elisha send a servant? Doesn't he know who I am? There's bitter rivers with cleaner waters. He's borderline gonna miss the moment. And I reckon we miss the moment because at the end of the day, what on earth is dipping seven times in the river gonna do anyway? Well, I'm gonna answer it for you. This is what it's gonna do. It's easy. It's because it's easy. I know that um, God isn't done with me on this journey yet. But this year, God has been dealing with me on a number of different lines. Did you know that nothing is too hard for God? Did you know that everything for God is easy? And that is what makes it hard. There's nothing in all the Scriptures that you can read where it was like Jesus saying, you've got to give me a few days, guys. I've got to go work this out. I'm going to have to go talk to Gabriel. I'll even talk to God Himself. Oh God, you know, Jesus, I've got this situation. Oh no. Oh no, not today, not today. There is no Bible example anywhere in the Scriptures that you and I profess where God's main manifesto, His MO is easy and light. Matthew 11, at that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven, that you don't show these things to the wise and learned. It's not an intellectual issue. Yes, there's knowledge of Christ, but this is not about you. You know, I heard the other day someone say, yeah, my, um, my dad wouldn't be able to probably get saved because he's a doctor. I'm like, dude, Luke was a doctor and he wrote the entire gospel of Luke. 
These, these, these reasons we invent in our intellect are so stupid. God is spirit. When He shows up in your life, you get to choose to either accept it or ignore it, reject it. It's up to you. He goes on to say, yes, Father, that you please to show these things. Then He goes on to say, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me. I am gentle. I am humble. This is Jesus. I am humble in heart. You will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. The yoke was a rabbi's teaching. And it's like a cattle, you know, the cattle walking down the thing with yokes between them. So whoever you connected your, your life to their teaching. Some people in this room, you've been connecting to Andrew Tate. Um, that's no joke. It's like he gives me the answers for how to be a man. Some of you tap into Elon Musk, some Jordan Peterson. All you're doing is you're trying to discover their yoke, their teaching. And by taking it in and starting to do it, you connect yourself to this yoke and you can walk in a line that when you're stuck, that teaching helps plod you along, keeps you. But Jesus said, look, my yoke is easy. My burden, if there's a burden to doing it, it's light. I looked up the word light in the Greek and it actually means not difficult. And it also shockingly means quick. You know, a lot of believers go, I believe in God, believe in God, believe in God. And we put dumb timelines on God. You know, when Jesus, you know, was requested, Jesus, come and heal my servant. Sure, in 30 days time, I'm going to be back around these parts. Why didn't you know that? Come and see me then. We have this thing that, that most of Christianity, it's like we can't see God work in the now. But the problem is, when you've put a timeline of I've got to wait some time, you know what it's going to be then? Now. It's going to be then. Now. And you'll be thinking, he can't do it. I've got to wait. God works in seasons Really, quote me the verse, the reference, the chapter. The Bible does not say God works in seasons. He says the world has seasons, creation has seasons, but there's one translator of Psalm 1 that said, even those who would abide in the Word of God, you would be fruitful in every season. We've put some dumb stuff over the gospel in our culture. I'm just going through a season. That may be true, but I just want to announce to you, God is not. God is not going through a dry season. God never goes through dry seasons. There is a river that flows from the throne of God and in it brings healing and life to the nations, not just people. And, and you can tap into it. Oh, it's a mystery. No, I've told you. By faith, by His Word, and then by what? Activation. So Naaman goes and dips seven times. I was saying to Rebecca, I was, I was saying, how... Imagine it. Imagine just what a, you'd look like a, a wally. You're, you're, I've got to get in and out of these waters seven times. Yeah, because God gives grace to the humble, not to those who want to look like somebody. How hard is it to get in and out of a, if I took you to the Mai Tai and said, get in and out of here seven times, how hard would that be? It's not hard. What's hard is you just got to flip and do it. You got to get your head out of the way. I, I have a bit of a pet peeve. Um, I go to, I've got a number of them by the, by the sounds of this message. Quite a few. <laughs> the list is growing longer. I go to minister at a church and, you know, halfway through the, the set, the worship team, the worship leader, who is probably a well-meaning and great person, 
just stops and gives a devotional. You know, we're two praise songs into the service and they just stop and say, hey, yeah, I just thought I'd tell you about what God's been doing in my life. Well, I was born in 1979 and at that point I'm like, hey, like, I love you so much, you know, platonically, but I, 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 this is not helping. And you say, why do you get uptight about that? Because over the years I've learned that God's principles, you know when the Bible says you enter His gates by thanksgiving and you enter into His courts, His presence by thanksgiving, praise. Okay, what does that mean? If we're two songs deep and now you want to tell me about your flipping cat that was on the boat while you're going to the ramp, what's going to happen? What's going to happen is you're going to be brought into your head, right up into your head. I was there two songs in, in my spirit. Jesus said, out of your belly, shall flow rivers of living water. That's where your spirit is. Did you know that? That's where your spirit is. Your spirit is here. Your spirit's not here. That's why you've got to keep renewing this. And so I don't like that very much because it's like I just took two songs to get into my spirit, to get my head out of the way, to get my worries out of the way. And this is the thing I'm telling you right now. God wants to move at work and move in your life beyond flukes, but you're gonna have to do it easy and light. You're going to have to get down from all of those arguments you've made and all of the reasons why He couldn't do it and all of the things that are in the way. And this is how you'll know, this is how you'll know that things are starting to work in your life. You ready? Is when you come to God on the same line as Him. When you come to Him easy and light and relaxed and secure and you just begin to sit in His grace and believe. I mean, how easy. Oh, Christian, dumb thing to say. Christianity is hard and difficult. Really? How hard was it you going to the cross and paying for your own sins? How hard is it every day having to wake up and pay for your penance and your bad attitude? It's been done. It's hard living without Jesus. No peace, no direction, no eternal security. It is flipping hard and confusing and life just goes down a terrible, sin is costly. Sin costs you. It is terrible cost. Receiving His grace. Yes, there's challenge. Yes, I guess He said there'd be persecution, but His yoke is easy and His burden is light. And you know, this morning as we were worshipping, I had Brent's words ringing in my ears because he said, um, he said one time he got up at a church and he looked out and he saw the faces of the people praising this great God who's brought great joy, right? And he he looked at their faces. Are you guys just sitting here? Have you got nothing? Do you need to be unmuted? I can do that for you. Adrian, can you unmute Isaac? And um, I'm going to finish with this, okay? I've got a word for somebody as well, but Brent said, Brent goes, he got up at this church (laughs) and the worship team are there. (laughs) <laughs> and he, he got up to like link off the back of the, um, you know, to the message. And he looks out and sees the people. <laughs> and he came back and he said to me, I can't believe that's what that worship team has to put up with, faces like that. Now, I know, I, I know some of you are going to hate today on so many levels. Like, I think there'll be so many things to email, email me about that just don't bother. There's just too many. But I don't mind if someone is going through a really tough season, right? And you're carrying heavily, that's fine. 
But five years, surely the time's up. Well, here's what dawned on me this morning in the service. I just had Brent's words ringing, ringing over my ears. And I thought to myself, you know, he goes, is that what the worship team have to put up with? Faces like that. And I thought this, Genesis. When I'm worshipping God and I'm like, is that what He has to put up with? For everything He's done for me. I've got His Word. He says, just activate your faith. Just activate the promise. And then I thought back to Cain and Abel. Abel just brings God the work. You know, God does not work in a mysterious way. Bring me an offering that was a lamb. And Abel brought him an offering that were a bunch of kumara that he had cultivated. And the lesson's clear that if you bring God an offering that's pure, pure, that's been provided to by Him, He accepts it, Jesus. But if you bring God your works and your self-righteous efforts, and what does God say to Cain? Why is your face looking like that? So downcast. He's just like, and I just, um, why did I start talking about that? The goodness of God. Thanks, Rebecca. Because, because one thing that might change everything for you is I get that we go through things, we've gone through things. You know, I don't, when Rebecca got diagnosed with thyroid cancer, came out of the surgery nine and a half hours later and the surgeon's walking down, I, it, it, it was a challenge. But I tell you, from that moment on and even beforehand, this one song got played in repeat, 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 repeat. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul. Easy and light. Worship. If, if God says to pray as a family, no, it's got to be much more complicated. I need to sacrifice goats every morning. What are we, in Egypt? No, imagine just praying for five minutes with your family every morning. Dip seven times in the water. That's too easy. It's too humble. Make it a short prayer. Imagine just reading your Bible every day for, for five minutes. Just simple, easy. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Imagine just, um, what does God say to Isaiah? He says to the nation, sing, O barren woman. For those without the child will be so plentiful in children. How did that happen? Through singing. Very Christian, few Christians, again, back to my point, they're just so burdened up, so bound up, so wound up that they just can't sing God. And what would singing do anyway? Oh, you've missed the entire point. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. God works by His Word. God works by simple, easy instruction. <laughs> That's good. And, the, and I had a word for someone today. It might be more than just one person. That he wanted to unblock blocked wells. That he wanted to bring a flow back because you've been stuck up in your head. You've been stuck up in stuff.co.nz. You know, you're stuck up in a rhythm, a pattern, and you're stuck up in anxiety and just stuck up. And God wants to unblock like Jacob did when he unblocked Abraham, the well that was um, dug. And it began, that was significant because it meant life was flowing again. And we can't have Christianity without the life force of God. You receive best from God when you've got joy. You can fluke a couple of like, you know, hard and whatever's, that's fine. But when you come and praise Him 
and you bask in His goodness, the river begins to flow. I feel like God wants to unblock blocked up wells, blocked up wells. There's some people here and you feel spiritually blocked and God is going to unblock you today. And we don't have to wait for Jacob. We've got the Holy Spirit to sense His presence again, to sense His grace again. In Jesus' Name. Father, thank You for Your Word. It's pretty strong today, Lord. I forgot to tell you, Naaman got totally healed. (laughs) That's important. Came out of the river seven times, totally healed. Totally healed. I speak healing in this place right now. Right now. If you need healing of any kind, any kind, stand to your feet. Everyone else stay seated. If you need healing of any kind, physical, emotional. um, That's good, you go. Anything at all, just stand. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. My yoke, your yoke, Lord, is easy. Anyone else? A lot of people need help. Gosh. Lift your hands to the Lord, everybody, and get out of your head right now. Imagine your belly flowing with rivers of living water. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Here we go. Father, I thank you that everyone who came in burdened, troubled and sick in physical, emotional, financial, relational um, ailments will leave completely healed and free today. Thank you, Lord. With your hands lifted, just begin to thank God because He's already done it, because it's in Christ. Just begin to thank Him like He's made a promise so it's settled and you're going to receive it today. I just speak to you, lat, Israel. Be healed in Jesus' Name. Just put your hand on it, Beck. Right now, I just, right now, that thing needs to stop. I, I command you in Jesus' Name to stop. I command you to be repaired and whole, completely healed and free in the Name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood that completely destroyed death and sickness and destroyed anxiety and destroyed depression and destroyed every part of darkness in Jesus' Name. I tell all sickness to flee and I pray for wholeness and even the things that the medical field say is too hard, too difficult. In Jesus' Name, all things are possible and nothing is too hard for you, our God. Come Holy Spirit and rain down healing right now. In Jesus' name, just stay there. Keep your eyes closed. Keep your hands lifted. Just sense His presence. Sense His presence. Just sense His presence today. Just sense His presence. Sense His presence from the front to the back, left to the right. The peace of God, power of God, the hope of God. Miracles are happening right now. Healing is happening right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So good. Amen. Can I get everyone else in the room just to stand, please? I, I want to I wanna, um, practice something, and I warned you at the start. Now, if you came and it's your first time to church, you're gonna, I'm going to 
setting this up so it's easy for you. But those of you who really sense God give them a word, then this is your time to bring that word. And I hope you wrote it down or I hope you have it in your spirit. Those of you who can like just switch into this straight away, I'm gonna ask you to do that right now. And those of you who are like, man, I have never, I, I was talking to a guy last week, he's like, I wanna step into the hearing God, God's voice into the pro- prophetic. But he said to me, when I say God speak to me, he has a thought and then he just suddenly talks himself out of it. And I said, yeah, because you think it's hard. You've got to go with that first thing. You've got to get out of your head and you've got to get into your spirit. So those of you who can do that, do that. And those of you who are coming up with nothing, I'm going to get you to get something. A scripture. In fact, close your eyes right now, everyone, because we're about to do something cool. Father, I pray right now that you speak to every person. Something useful, something encouraging, something to build up one another in Jesus' Name. Amen even a verse, whatever it is. Now, what I'm going to get you to do, you can open your eyes, what I'm going to get you to do is I'm going to ask everybody to get into groups of three. In that group of three, you're going to have to be fast, quite snappy. You're going to just start to speak to them. Those of you who think you've got a thought but you don't know how to start, just start talking. Hey, um, I have this thought for you. You might have an impression. You might have a picture. You might have an encouragement. Those of you who have none of those things, have a Bible verse. So just even right now, a verse is coming to mind. And that word, I want you to speak it to the person in your group. And that person, you you get that word. I really want you to pay attention to it. Because God works by His word, not by some dumb mystery. Okay? So that's what I want you to do. And God's going to give people words to really break through. A breakthrough. A breakthrough. Jamie and Kate, I see breakthrough. Break. Hold hands. Tender in love. In the name of Jesus, just leave the lights where they are, guys. In the name of Jesus, I speak breakthrough. Breakthrough in business. Breakthrough in family. Breakthrough. Kate, God is going to lead you in this realm to start to hear God, see God, and be a messenger, a herald for God in a new way. Jeremiah 33 says, Cry unto me and I'll show you great and amazing things. And I just see for both of you guys, I think this message today is like for you to go deeper and stronger and further, taking God at His Word and do not relent. And you know where it would have been like, strive till you see the answer, push through till you see the answer. No, rest in Him actively. His yoke is easy. So I speak breakthrough, 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 breakthrough in Jesus' Name. In Jesus' name. Okay, so here we go. I, I want you to get into groups of three right now. And I want you just to encourage someone. And then I just want you to pray for the person. You're going to have to be fast because we are going to run out of time. We're good at the moment. But jump into a group and just have your hearts open. Let's go for it. You go. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at info at or visit our website, 